Hey, how are you, Motown Rundown? Good to speak with you, Detroit sports fans, again. What a weekend. What an intro that was. What, what an a weekend. Intro. That's going to be a mainstay. you got to keep saying that. I don't know. If that, that might be the best I've ever done. I don't have Sounds like Tony Dombrowski right there. <laughs> that's my arch rival, Tony Dombrowski. He doesn't hey, know, don't, he doesn't I, know I, I'm, I'm pro Tony D. Don't, I, we don't be He's a competitor. I don't care. He's a competitor in the, in the market. I don't care. I love Tony D. I'm a Tony D guy. That's fair enough. Uh, what a weekend for, first of all, for football in the state of Michigan. I don't care what team you root for in this state. None of it was good. Did Western win? Western, Central, anyone else play? Western won. Central won. Good for them. So Fire up. Congrats. Fire, shout to, out uh, Pimpleton, that wide receiver. He's pretty good. Yeah. I think he's from Muskegon, maybe. Yeah, don't shout quote, out. Don't quote me. But. Congrats to those teams that won because, my God, nothing else – just couldn't catch a break this weekend, basically. Collins, do you have any? Well, uh, any I, I, I would argue we caught, a, we caught a pretty big break that had nothing to do with sports, but that's as far as I'll go with that. that yeah. If we want to talk football, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll roll into that. I didn't mean to cut you off, Collins. No, no, Collins. I, I want to hear your uh, – give me your rundown of uh, Michigan State football program after this weekend. I mean, I don't even know what was going on. I was like, this is – it was literally like they've had three games and they're like there's just no middle ground in any of these games. Lombardi looked like hurt. Like he like couldn't move. It was like very odd because like if you've seen Rocky Lombardi like play in the past three years, he usually can move around like solidly. And like he, he looked like gimpy. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It was very odd. And it was, like, odd that they didn't go make a switch earlier if he was banged up. Like, you want to be like, hey, Rocky's our guy going forward. But, I mean, that was odd. Other than that, I mean, their defensive line looked terrible. Their cornerbacks looked terrible. I mean, nothing else. I mean, the offense kind of just shot them. I mean, they start the game, they kind of move the ball, and then, like, three straight drives they make, I think, like, two holdings that set back the drive. They have a drop. I nail it. Like, I don't know. Whatever. They're like only seven and a half point dogs, and that's Indiana. So I, I, I can't get a grasp for what this Michigan State team is. Well, so spin like, zone, spin zone on state. It now makes Michigan's loss against state look that much worse. I really, I mean, Michigan State might be better than Michigan. Who knows? Michigan State. Really? They, they're terrible. Their defense yeah. is terrible. Someone give credit to Indiana. Someone. Indiana's good. I mean, Penn State might be bad. They could yeah, be house by Maryland. They could be bad. Big Ten just might be bad. Big Ten is (laughs) – you know what? A COVID year doesn't count, except the fact that Michigan State beat Michigan. Right. No no expectations. There were no expectations coming into the year, but we'll take the win against Michigan and we'll we'll roll on with that one. That's all that matters. Collins is spinning a ball. Bad radio, but he's got a ball in his hands. uh, Who is it who does that? Strahan? Is it Michael Strahan? I don't know. I love – I, I love Fox NFL Sunday. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. I love Terry Bradshaw. I don't know what it is. He just says – he makes me laugh like every Sunday. And I love Michael Strahan. Nothing is better than like Fox Sports when like they got the World Series and like the NFL going at the same time. And they're like, right. let's go send it over to David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. And they're like throwing the football like from crew to crew. And it's, it's just like A-Rod just throwing a dart. And it's just like <laughs> Terry's like barely hanging on, catching a football. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I'll agree. I'll co-sign. But, yeah, everyone sucks in the state of Michigan at football. How about that? Yeah. And, I mean, we're going to get to all the good Lions stuff later. But, yeah. Well, one team that might not suck 
this year. Actually, they probably will too. Uh, Detroit Pistons. Hey, check out that segue. We Pistons have for the first time good. in for the first time in I don't know how many months. We are talking Pistons again. Obviously, the NBA draft is what two weeks away, Trent. November eighteenth. November eighteenth yes. is One the NBA away. draft. So uh, rumor has it that Trent and Collins. It's all you guys. If you want to do some Ryan Rabinowitz Detroit Red Wings ask draft preview, that, that was on next week. What was unreal? Yeah, I mean, you your said your Red Wings preview oh. was oh. literally just well, I no just help. You every guy in the draft. It was like no help from either me and Sean. It was like occasional question, like, "Hey, is that how you spell that guy's name?" And then you, yeah, I, I mean, you were locked in. That that was I, that's performance <laughs> that gets overlooked in the Motown rundown history. Thank you. I think but, I muted yeah. myself and ate dinner when Rabs was doing that. I was listening, but Thanks, I was, guys. Thanks for had a couple in. pops too, think, probably. Yeah, yeah, a couple pops. I think I ate a full course meal when uh, Rabs was doing that. I was paying attention, of course. You're like, hey, You're George, like, give oh. me the snatters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Either way, something to look forward to next week is the NBA draft preview. Um, today, I know you guys have some things that you want to get out there. My only piece, uh, obviously, I'll let you guys drive for the piston stuff because it's up right up your alley. I remember when I told you guys that I was no longer pistons free a while ago. Correct. I think I'm pistons free again. I just, I tried, I tried my so hard to get myself to care. And I just don't know. And maybe you guys will help me. I don't have an angle to where I'm, like, excited to watch the Pistons at this point. What if they trade off oh, LaMelo Ball? That actually might turn me off more because I don't want to deal with uh, LeVar in the stands. Can you not be – can you, can you be, like, a kid one time on your takes? Just <laughs> I don't like you, too. I don't man. like his dad at all. Don't like him. Don't like his dad not classy. Don't like him. No, he's not. He's not classy at all. I'm all – I'm – I like to surround myself with classy people. I don't okay, want to Detroit. Okay, but how about this? What about what, don't you think there's something to be said about the fact that Lavar Ball wants his son to either play in New York or Detroit? Those are the that two that is I don't I didn't read into that, but like that's one of the wildest things I've ever heard. Like when like I he popped wants, up on my phone, I was like, wait, 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 what, did, like Detroit, Michigan? Yeah. What's well, his rationale he, behind it? He's been training in like the Detroit area this whole time because I th- believe is it's Jermaine Jackson Jr. is his manager now. I could be wrong. He used to coach – he used to be his high school coach at Spire. Former UD assistant. Actually had a son who played at UD for a while. I, I believe that's his manager. I could be wrong. I know that's his like tie to Detroit, and that's why he spends a lot of time in the area. But, I mean, it, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. Like, okay. It well, all I'm me, saying but... is that just that, – that's – that's good, right? I mean, he wants to be here, so who knows if it'll actually happen. But there are a couple names that I have, and I want to go through them real quick just to, you know, preface the draft preview for next week. I'm sure, you know, as more rumors come out, we hear more things, there will be more substance next week for our draft preview. By the way, we have to make sure we go on Monday next week. But that's an off-air conversation. Never mind. Good talk, we'll yes. With, we'll start yes. with this. Oh, Kevin it's Hayes. Tuesday. I didn't say the date. It's Tuesday. The 10th. It is Tuesday. <laughs> uh, well, I, I got three names I want to run through, and I can get you guys' thoughts on them when I'm done, whatever. But I just – we'll start with Killian Hayes. He's the French point guard that, uh, that you know, a lot of people have kind of been talking about for a while going to Detroit. He's got ties to Sekou Dumbuya. I think they're friends. They played together. French connection. Yeah, French connection, exactly. The shirt uh, I'm making. He's 19 <laughs> years old. He's a six foot five point guard. He's a double-double guy with points and assists, basically. That's what you're going to get from him. I don't know if you'll get that right out of the shoot, obviously, at the NBA level. But he most recently finished a season playing in Germany, and he averaged almost a dozen points, 
five and a half assists and three rebounds with one and a half steals. So he's a pretty good pickpocketer as well. That's a guy, you know, he's, he's a little bit taller of a guard. Uh, it, basically, he just kind of seems to be made for the NBA game. So I'm not quite sure. I, I, he slipped a little bit on draft boards. Obviously, the Pistons right now are the seventh pick. I've seen him go, you know, I, I've seen him go to the Pistons, but I've also seen him go as low as 15. So I don't really know if there's a scenario where the Pistons would maybe trade down or trade up or what have you. And we'll get to LaMelo Ball in a second because apparently that is something that actually could happen. The Pistons want to do that and they want to trade up and take that chance, which I love because you've got this new GM in here, and I think he wants to kind of take this franchise in a completely different direction. But we'll get there in a second. Second prospect is Patrick Williams. He's a six foot eight small forward out of Florida State. Originally Yuck. slated at the bottom of the first round, uh, late first round. He shot up those draft boards. Uh, I think you know it's it's a possibility the Pistons take him at seven. Everything that I've read, he's 19 years old. Please he don't. One season at Florida State. He won the ACC Sixth Man of the Year. He averaged 9.2 points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. So he's very well-rounded. He's an athletic two-way guy. Again, kind of the, I don't want to say Stanley Johnson, but that kind of prototype of player that, you know, you can sort of transform into being a really nice pro. And then also the last guy, Tyrese Halliburton uh, out of Iowa State. Six-foot-five point guard, 20 years old, 15 points per game last year with the, the Cyclones. Uh, six rebounds a game, six-and-a-half assists per game. 50% from the field. He's scrappy. He's probably the most efficient guy on this list. He's also the oldest. Not, a, not that it matters a ton. He's 20 instead of 19. But those are my three guys that I'm really looking at right now. Obviously, in a week, things could change a little bit, but I guess I'll open it up to you guys if you have any thoughts. Okay. I want to say, first of all, I said he got with Patrick Williams. Seems like a nice guy. Just would be a horrible fit for what the Pistons are trying to do right now. I, he, I agree. Just, I, I, I don't really want to go in depth. I mean, Florida State guys in the pros recently, I mean, Leonard Hamilton can recruit. He's the youngest 75 year old man I've ever seen in America. Guy has an age date. Has an age date of 20 years with that turtleneck he wears. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm not thrilled with taking a Florida State player because, I don't know, they, they don't have a lot of responsibility. Like, and I know he was very highly touted coming out of high school, but I, I don't know. Not a fan. Not really not a fan. The LaMelo thing, I don't, like, in this pandemic world with, like, not, like, a combine, not as much, but, like, it's very – I don't understand where he's going because I've seen his draft stock falling. I've seen it – right. like, I, I have no clue. And, and, and I almost forget that the Minnesota Timberwolves have the first pick every single time because – I, it's Timberwolves, Golden State. Who's three, Trent? Do you have any? Do you remember what three is? No, this is pathetic. We should get the draft order up because yeah. if you really think, I mean, it, talking. the Timberwolves are not going to pick like a point guard. No, that's so, the thing. They have D'Angelo Russell, and they actually gave up quite a bit to get him. So you look at yeah. that, and you know they like him with Carl Anthony Towns. So that you're right. That's off the board. And the Warriors, same deal. They don't need a point guard. Yeah. So I, I think you're going to have the pick, not the pick. You might have an opportunity to take Lamelo at seven, but you're going to have the pick of Killian Hayes and Tyrese Halliburton. And I, I think the Pistons will pick one of those two guys. And my thoughts on Halliburton is a guy who watches a ton of college basketball and has watched a lot of Iowa State. That team stunk the last two years, and he was the one bright spot. He, and I don't think he has a huge offensive ceiling. 
I don't think his jump shot's bad or anything. I just don't ever think he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to create his own shot at a very, very high level. He gets other people involved really well. I think he'll be a very productive NBA player. I just don't know if he's like he, – he's. you're not taking a huge swing at that pitch with Tyrese Halliburton. I think he'll be solid. I, tr- I truly do. I think he'll, he'll grow into that frame. He's got really good vision, and he'll make people better. If you're swinging for the fences – then you do the Killian Hayes, more like the Seiko movie you did last year. And, and I'm assuming they're going to take that route. And like Trent, I, 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 you see Hayes everywhere. You see, yeah. all these, you see all these different draft guys everywhere. Like, and people will be like, oh, I want Anthony Edwards. That, that's like the, like, I, I'm like, how are you even considering that? He's going to be a top That wouldn't pick. happen unless no. the Pistons traded up to one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then you, you hear this uh, Anakwu from, like, USC and, like, some other – like, you see some bids maybe that the Pistons might pitch. I'm like, I don't think they're doing that. I think it's in between Hayes and Halliburton. And personally, I would want Hayes if, if we're excluding LaMelo. But if okay. they're willing to go up and get LaMelo, that's a swing for the fences. And, I, 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 and it could be bad because he wasn't great in Australia. Like, he was not – like, his numbers yeah. weren't good. You also have to look at the fact that the Pistons would have – I mean, you, hello, you're going to have to move up, right? You're going to have to move up at least five spots to the second spot to pick him. So you're going to have to give up quite a bit. I don't know what it would necessarily be, but that brings me to my next point, which is I look at this roster, no one's untouchable to me. Like, Sekou Dumboya, of course, you'd rather hang on to him than deal him, and they, they wouldn't deal him. But I'm just saying, in general, if, you're, if the Pistons – it brings me back to my, my principle of they need to go guard. And I agree with you as far as the Patrick Williams situation goes, because then you're just picking another wing and you already have a bunch of wings who, you know, you're not really, you're not, you're not, you're not really sure who you're sold on as far as Seiko, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, you know, those are like the guys that you're working with on the wings right now. So, you know, if you try to package that up and hang on to it, and then you've got Blake coming back healthy, hopefully, and you never know if he's going to stay healthy or whatnot. It just seems like the Pistons have to go guard but I would say I would be ecstatic if they did trade up for LaMelo Ball. Otherwise, Collins, I'm completely with you. I think Killian Hayes is the guy. But I, and we'll get a little bit deeper into this next week. Right. Do you – I – me and my cousin, my cousin Tommy, we were talking about this last week because he randomly touched me out of the blue. He'd, like, rank your top three out of LaMelo, Halliburton, and whatever, Killian Hayes. And I, I said if I was being honest, I would take Hayes – and then LaMelo, and what I, I know that might be contradictory to what I said. I think Hayes – I don't know what it is about Hayes. I like Killian Hayes. I haven't seen a lot about him. I think it's a little bit different from Seiko where I didn't want them to go European because I thought this year was more like, hey, last year I felt like they were like, hey, let's try and make the playoffs. And, and this year – now this year it's just like, okay, we're rebuilding. Right. So a part of that rebuild – and we don't need to talk about this next week, but I'd like to talk about now – like, I think you can still trade Blake Griffin. I know that contract's crazy. I don't know what's going on with the NBA CBA, especially with the fact that the cap is going to go way down and some of these guys are making so much money. So a lot of teams don't want to take on these contracts. If I was the Pistons, I, I, the Pistons are obviously going to have to eat some of this contract. But how many – I think he's had two more years on his deal. Two more. Yeah, like, that's manageable. Yeah. And, and – and, and, I don't know if OKC wants to move on from Chris Paul or something like, and they probably, and they obviously probably can't afford, but, but 
there's teams that should be interested in Blake Griffin for two years and take that shot because I, I understand he's not the athletic guy he used to be, but he has recreate himself. Well, and he say, can be, he's a, per, uh, he's a perfect third piece for a team that has good guard play and the wings who can shoot because he can give the, he can pass the basketball and, and he can get those point guard shots off the ball. Like he can get those guys like, and he can trade for himself. So I, I, I think he'd be a perfect third piece or fourth piece for anyone who wants to take a shot on him. I just don't know if anyone will. Well, to that point, you know, I, I could see a team like Portland maybe trying to make a run. Obviously, that's a small market. I don't know if yeah. they can afford it. But they you know, I, they have the money, but I like you have to they have to I mean the Pistons would probably have to take on Hassan Whiteside and some other contracts. And you maybe get like an Anthony Simons as your like big ticket item right. from the Trailblazers. Like I don't know. I don't know if the Pistons are willing to just eat Blake. They're like, okay, we'll just take Blake for a second rounder. Like, we don't need the cap necessarily right now. You know what I mean? Like, the Pistons don't right. need the cap necessarily right now. So, I'm you're I'm more than what you're more than willing to keep Blake around because yeah. I, I think he does help some of the younger guys, and I still think he'll be pretty solid this year. People forget before last year he was an All NBA player. Like yep. he, he was an all NBA player and you can say, Oh, he's had another knee injury and all that. I understand that. But the reason he was an all NBA player, he improved his three point shot. He was very creative down low in the post. And, and he's borderline like crafty now. It's not athleticism. It's craft. He's a good so passer. I, he's yeah. Very good passer. The fact that and he, he's not the athletic player he used to be is almost a plus. So depending yes. on how you look at it, the way the game's played nowadays, as opposed to when he was a rookie and you could like, you know, just pound it inside and dunk over people. That doesn't really happen as much anymore. And, and like, he had to play with another big in Andre Drummond, which was a, always a weird and odd fit. Yeah, and they made it work. I, I, I think Blake can play with almost anyone. That's what makes him attractive. I, do you guys say – I just – do you think they can move that deal? I don't even – I'm not going to, like, speculate, like, trade machine, like, random trades we can look at. But do you guys I, – I think they can move that deal. I think it's movable. I definitely think it's movable, and it would be even more movable if he is able to come into the season. It is shortened season, by the way. It's a 72-game season, so I'm not sure when the trade deadline is going to be, if it's going to be at its normal February time or not. But, I mean, if he's able to come in the first 20 games and actually, you know, look like he did two seasons ago at that All-NBA level, I could see a team like – this is going to sound crazy, but like Boston going for him, you know. I know they got Tatum. They just put Tatum at the three. It's pretty simple. You know, you'd add Blake. It's another guy who can shoot outside. He's crafty. He can take it up the floor. You know what I mean? I could. They they've got the room to work the make the money work too. So I definitely think it's movable. It's just a question of yeah, are the Pistons going to play this game of do they still want to compete? Because you know you've got a new GM coming in here and maybe he thinks he can put it together and quick fix and just put a couple more pieces around Blake and then you'll take off. I don't really know. Pistons haven't showed their hand with a whole lot so far as far as Troy Weaver goes and. And Dwayne Casey's been kind of mum too. But this draft, in a week, I think will be our first look at what the Pistons are going to try to do this year. I don't know. And, okay, last thing, Derrick Rose. They're obviously, I think they're going to try and move him before yeah. the season starts. I don't know what his value is. I think his value is actually pretty high if you're able to move him to the Lakers. I just don't know what assets, assets the Pistons want. I, do the Lakers have a first-rounder at the end of this year? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, dude. I, that Anthony Davis deal they traded, I don't know how many. but Yeah, I don't know. If they have one, I mean, you take that and maybe you get another young piece. 
or you maybe take Halliburton or something. Not Halliburton, no, the other guy from Iowa State they got last year, Horton Tucker. Yeah. And maybe I mean, I don't even know if they want Kuzma anymore. Like Kuzma was not great in the playoffs. He was still their three third leading scorer. I don't know. I I, I, I do think Derek Rose has value. I hope they move that deal. Please move that deal. And he was Derek Rose is very good as a Detroit Piston, but like I'm pretty sure Derek Rose would rather be in LA competing for a title than playing for the Detroit Pistons this year. I don't think Derek Rose will be a Piston past January 15th. I'll say tentatively. I don't know. It's just my. When does the league start again? They announced it today. December 22nd. Okay. So you think he starts to see. Okay. How about that? Do you guys think he starts the season as a Piston? I don't think he does. Uh, I mean, that's hard to say. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes, just because I think they're going to try to get him to, you know, reprove his worth. Cause there definitely are going to be teams out there who are like skeptical to take that on just cause they know he is injury prone and stuff last year. He was great. So I think teams are going to want to see him do it again for maybe a 15, 20 game sample size. And then they'll take him on. I don't know. That's what, yeah, may, that's what I that's see all. the most likely scenario, but like to your point, he absolutely could get shipped off and, you know, a week after the draft, like coming up here really soon and free agency. God, I love the Pistons. I love talking little Pistons action. I, I, I hope they do like an Fox Sports Detroit where you get George Blaha and Greg Kelser in the midst for the draft. Because yeah. I haven't seen those two faces in way too long. Way too long. It's I need March. them on my TV soon. Yeah. So It's March. It's been forever. But, yeah, well, I guess we'll get into more of the draft stuff later uh, next week. But, Maybe do some mop stuff, like some yeah. – I don't know. We can yeah, do we some can stuff like that. Stuff. The Pistons don't have a second-round pick also, by the way. That's something to watch. So, this this first – I think pick, they'll move in and get another one, I think. Well, I think so, too. But as we stand right now, you know, like if the Pistons do sit pat with just one pick, that's that's going to make or break the draft for them. So, uh, Killian Hayes, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Halberton, and, of course, the possibility of trading up for LaMelo Ball. Other than that, Rabs, do you have any thoughts or do you want to just roll into our beloved Detroit Lions? God, they stink. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I will. Here, here's, here's my thoughts on, on the Pistons. And this is why I, I'm saying that I'm, I'm no longer not Pistons free. So I'm back to being Pistons free. I just don't see number one. I don't, I don't care who they take at seven. If they move up, move down. If it's, if you guys are going to tell me the best case in the guy like you want and is most feasible to come in Detroit is LaMelo. I don't see him being like some outstanding NBA player. And well, I just it, don't see anyone on I don't see anyone on this Pistons roster that I'm like excited to watch. Like Bruce Brown's like a nice guy. Like, oh, he plays hard defense, like he's a serviceable NBA guy to come off the bench. Sure, fine. Uh like Luke Kennard, if that's like the, the young guy that you're hanging your hat on, to me, like when I think of like premier NBA players, Luke Kennard will never be in that discussion. So when I think of guys that I actually enjoy watching play, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin, and you guys just talked a lot about their contracts. To answer your earlier question, Collins, I don't think Blake Griffin's contract is untradeable at all. Like when I think of untradeable contracts, I think about like maybe a Miggy because like, you know, Miggy makes a ton of money and has a lot of years, has a pretty good amount of years left and like him or hate him or whatever, he doesn't put the numbers up that the money is worth for Major League Baseball, even though I still think that he produces a fine amount. But I digress. I think Blake Griffin, when he's healthy, is still a very, very good NBA player. That's the caveat, when he's healthy. So 
you obviously can't trade for someone and just like cross your fingers. Like, Oh, we're going to take on a 30 some million dollar contract and hope the guy stays healthy. But when he is healthy, he can play. It's not like he's like a Chris Davis when he was in Baltimore, where you like actually couldn't put the guy in your lineup because that's how bad he was for that money. And then Derek Rose, I, I appreciate the fact that the organization is being honest with themselves for the first time. And it feels like forever to the, to the point where, this team is not a playoff team. They're not going to contend for a playoff spot. They're going to be continuing to just kind of tread water at that, like, 8 to 10 range, the upside being 8, as we talked about a ton last year. So Derek Rose and Blake Griffin, if you can move them, you should. And my thing with the NBA is it's not like – like, I look at the NHL, like, draft picks are, like, big-time currency because Dude. the NHL, more often than not, you can get – good players that come in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And if they don't turn out to be great players, you just stow them away on your, on your AHL team. The NBA, I would rather them go get assets of like young guys that maybe need more playing opportunity that can have a higher upside. And I would rather not, like, like you said, I'm not, I don't want to dump Blake Griffin for a second round pick. That's never going to see the court. Like that's just where I'm at. I just, there's nothing, there's yeah, nothing I, to me that excites me about the team. I, 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 I believe I, they're I, in better hands, but. I will say this. I I can get that you're Pistons free. I don't understand how you're not Red Wings free, but you're Pistons free. I understand not, they got Stevie Y and you're more of a hockey guy, but they're very Yeah, similar. I mean, innately, innately, like the preface that I always have to say is I am way more of a hockey guy. I probably watch the Pistons. Even yeah, but what's the, the difference between the Red Wings situation and the Pistons situation? Because the Did Red Wings it, have players that I like, like Dylan Lark and Anthony Mantha Bertuzzi. They just drafted Lucas. Yeah, all Ray guys who are, are never touch the first line on a contending NHL team. You're talking about Lark and Mantha Bertuzzi? Would you agree that they're not like top three or four players on a championship team? I would. I would say. I, I would say that Dylan Larkin out of those three is probably could be Mantha could be Bertuzzi no. But I will also defend those guys and say that people like to look people look at the names of those three as being the top line for the Red Wings and just assume like it's that narrative of, oh well, this team would not be a first line on any other team in the NHL. That's that's not true because if you look at the if you look at the league, they're usually stats wise like a middle of the pack first line. But I do get what you're saying as far as they don't have I would, I bet that's the thing is I would say like to me, and maybe it's, I'm a hockey guy. Like I enjoy watching the skill of hockey more than basketball. I think Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha, especially have a skill set that is fun to watch. Moritz Sider is a guy that I would love to watch this year. If he comes up Zadina, if he gets better, uh, Philip Ronick, like those are guys. To, and, and the Red Wings may just, just required a bunch of guys. Troy Stetcher, Thomas Grice, Bobby Ryan. Like those are guys that I'm excited to watch play for the Red Wings. I don't have that same vibe with the Pistons. And if there are any guys on the team that I like watching, it's Derek Rose and Blake Griffin, two guys that are old and that should be traded. So that's it. Like I'm not, I don't get excited to watch Luke Kennard. I don't. Well, I don't get excited to watch Philip Hironic be our number one defenseman. I'm just going to say that's that. Fine. I, that's fine. I just, I, I, it comes down to Collins is a little bit more of a basketball guy. No, no, it doesn't. No, Rabs is just <laughs> dismissing the Pistons right now. I love the Red Wings. And I'll say that – and I, you're right. I lean to the Pistons because I literally grew up a minute away from the Palace. And I used to – I grew up watching the Pistons. And we all grew up watching the Pistons since they were fantastic. But I, 
I just don't – I the, the logic of they don't have any players that are exciting compared to the Red Wings is – just Christian Woods is an exciting player to watch. I know we still have to re-sign him in free agency. Well, I understand that's the thing, that. right? Are they going to yeah. re-sign him? No, but I, I'm just saying. Well, like, I, we I keep think... talking about these guys for the Red Wings, and they never produce. Like, they really – they like, that Bertuzzi and Larkin and Mantha have all had nice spurts and stuff like that, and the team is just so bad around them. I understand you, it's hard to give them a fair shake and stuff like that. But, like, Luke Kennard, like, when he's healthy, has been good for the Pistons too. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how we got down this road. I'll leave it at this. Did you like how much money they paid Mantha? Uh, yes, for, and for the term, too, it was, it was fine. Okay. Very much fine with it. We could, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that next week, too, as far as Bertuzzi and Mantha being re-signed, but – Whatever. It's they I, I knew all along they were going to that wasn't an issue. They took Bertuzzi to arbitration, which like that kind of sucks because you never know what's said in those arbitration meetings. And they because obviously the wings are trying to get him. Hey Tyler, two. fix your tooth. That's probably yeah, what they said in Bertuzzi, it. Bertuzzi wants money. So that was great. And I think Bertuzzi is obviously he's got a one year deal. I think it was a one year deal if I if I'm not mistaken. So like that's he's got a lot to prove this year and I think he'll produce fine. Mantha for four years for what was it just shy of six was that yeah it was like 5.5 right? I thought I mean that, like that he the guy if you can put guys around him like he's a he's a goal scorer like that's you hope he, he needs to continue to develop his two-way game but I mean to, to lock him up for four years when he probably easily could have been like I'll just take another like a, a little bridge deal and, and try to get paid again and go to free agency uh within like two years then great but either way good stuff Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers, it's all, it's all good under the hood. What's not good under the hood, or in the hood, whatever. Uh, I mean, no one's really football. that good under the hood, but yeah. Right, right, right. It's not, but it, it's not, but it is. Uh, Detroit Lions football uh, lost 34-20 to 20 to the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, Bad loss. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have stats. I, I'll try to uh, gather myself if anyone wants to take over. I, I have nothing, to be honest with you, the only thing I have to say about the game itself is that this team was like so unprepared to take the field. It was in like mind blowing to me, both sides of the ball. Just, just and you know what? That's lack becoming, of preparation. That is becoming a trend. And for me, it falls on one person and one person only Collins. I'll let you go in a second. I just want to bring this up quick before we say anything. No, bring it, TV. This I want to hear this. Well, I'm just going to say this team was playing without <laughs> – why are you laughing at me? Yeah, I just, no, I'm, not, at me. I'm not laughing at you. Colin goes, bring it, TV. I want to hear this. Like, it's just great. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Any, anywho, sorry. I, this is my only thought before I let Collins go. Everything's on the line next week, okay? Everything. We're going to talk about how bad this team is for the next 40 minutes, so buckle up. I get it, but I'm just going to say this. I thought this team could come in and beat a bad Vikings team because the Vikings are bad and they're going to win a maximum of seven games this year. But no Kenny Galladay, no Trey Flowers, no Jared Davis, no Trace Walker. It was just too much. But So I want, to, I want everyone to understand that. You're missing, what is that, one, two, three, four starters, and, and it's two on each side of the ball. So I get it. Or no, it's three on defense, one on offense, whatever. I understand how that's very frustrating to deal with, but from a coaching perspective, you still have to get your players ready. And I guess that is just what I wanted. I wanted to mention that before we rip the team because they were pretty depleted. But you know what? Every team deals with injuries. So with that, Collins, I'll just hand it over to you. I mean, I mean, the whole COVID thing with Stafford was like obviously a big storyline. He didn't really pra- – he didn't practice. 
didn't really it sounded like he didn't really he like yeah. actually didn't practice he couldn't yeah yeah i i mean i don't know I, i'm not gonna take too much stock into it because this guy's been in the league for 12 years and he's orchestrates the offense i'm really not gonna make that at its use and they had zoom where he was able to watch the practice and what they were doing I mean, Stafford obviously goes out with a concussion. After that, the game was basically over. But, I mean, he threw two interceptions that basically ended the game. Very bad interceptions. Just, like, just trying to force things where – that's something that he used to do, which, I I mean, I really didn't mind him doing that, honestly. Like, he would throw one or two interceptions a game, but he would also rack up 350 and 400 yards. But with the type of offense the Lions are running right now, you can't really be taking those – chances really and especially if they're going to keep trotting out adrian peterson we're not going to talk about it because it just makes me so upset and we'll end up talking about it for an hour and a half can't do it i mean they they had never had the momentum in this game and we talked about how the lions defense last couple weeks looked like they improved and stuff last week they took a little bit of a step back they're all the way back to what we thought they were not a good defense can't stop the run can't get timely stops at the end of the first half for the Lions to give up the uh, – did they give up a touchdown or a field goal at the end of that first half? Touchdown. That, I mean, the Abdullah, game – I mean, Abdullah, of course. Shocking. Yeah. Abdullah scored. His own, that was his first snap of the game too, by the way, I think they said. Shocking. Fear Amir. Fear Amir. But uh, hmm. I I don't know what more to say. I, like, they're just not good. Well, And, 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 and I, I'm not going to be like – I mean, just today the NFL announced if there's more games canceled than the NFL that they're adding two more playoff teams. So, I mean, like we said, they have a weak schedule coming down to stretch. But the Vikings are no world beaters. I, I was going to say, they, that was one of your weak yeah. games. When we talk yeah. about the weak schedule, that was one of them. They, they can run the football, and that's obviously – I mean, Delvin Cook is a monster, probably the best running back in the league. I don't know where they go from here. I'm going to be on, and, and, and especially if you're not going to get Galladay back, because this offense is so much different with Galladay in the lineup. I, I don't know where they go, because I don't think this offense could be explosive without Kenny Galladay. And they're never going to, like, they move the football, but this offense needs to be explosive for them to win football games with the product that's being played on the defensive side of the football. And, and, and that's back to what we thought after they went, they were one and three or 0 oh and two. So, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Well, I guess if I can expand on a couple of those thoughts real quick, and then we'll toss it to Rabs. This team started awfully. They started flat. They weren't inspired. We already talked about that, okay? That's a coaching issue. So whatever. And if you, if you think it's not a coaching issue, anyone who's listening to this, you're wrong. Because this I mean, we see it every week with these, with these players. They're never ready to go. You get punched in the mouth at the very beginning of the game. Whatever. Uh, so I know, you know, with that being said, with how bad the Lions played in the first one and a half quarters, you finally get it together there at the end of that second quarter. Marvin Jones, love him. I always, I always beat that guy's drum. He has a fantastic touchdown, and that's a great – and then you're down 10-13. And at that point, if you go into halftime down 10-13, to 13, that feels like a win to me. Like, okay, we started awfully. We started terribly. Make some adjust- adjustments, go into halftime, and, and do your thing. Come out and win the second half. You grind out a win on the road in this in this division. Instead, with a minute and 19 left, you let Kirk Cousins burn you with two wheel routes to Delvin Cook and then Amir Abdullah, and you let up a touchdown with a minute left. And like that, that's what bad teams do. You know, I can understand if you give up a field goal in that situation because maybe the Vikings just pass. You know, they they pass into Lions ter- territory and they bomb 
you know, a, 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 they boot one from 48, 50 yards. Okay, I can live with that. But if you let them completely gash you down the field, and they're not even – they weren't even airing it out. If you go back and look, they're all just stupid little, like, wheel routes to the running back, and he's getting 40 yards because Jamie Collins is slow and Christian Jones is slow and Jelani Tavai is slow. So that brings me back to the system, but whatever. My point is this. If you're down 10 to 13 going into halftime, I really think the Lions do end up pulling it out. Instead, you're down 20 to 10 at halftime because you have no idea what the hell you're doing on defense. And this, this prevent stuff is, is so loser. It's so loser-esque to play prevent defense at the end of a half. I understand what you're trying to do. And if it's at the end of the game or overtime, I, I can justify it way more. But it's just ugly, okay? So that, that's, that's that. And obviously, Collins, you talking about the Stafford situation with COVID. Uh, it's going to be tough, yes, because if you didn't go – He did play good. He didn't play good for the no. sudden straight week in a row. So, I mean – Right. I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna give him an excuse for the COVID thing because he's it's not like this is a guy who has not been around the like franchise for a while and like he's just learning the system. Like yeah, I, I I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, maybe like it's something, but it's like sometimes like not, some like yeah. some, like Lil Russ at the beginning of the game, but like he a guy of his stature, I, I don't yes. think it's a problem. And I don't think he would say that either. Right. I don't think to he the would standard make standard we hold him to, you're completely right. To the standard we hold him to. I mean, you just nail it. It's like, yeah, missing practice all week is something. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's going to be very challenging to come into Sunday and actually put together a winning game plan. It's not like he's not in contact. Like, yeah. Right. So that's that's it for me. Other than that, I mean, it, we we all said this game plan should have been pretty simple. You stop the run, you win the game. Didn't stop Did the run. Did not stop the run. Can't stop and the run. Their linebackers are just so bad. Linebackers are so bad. Can we officially say Kirk Cousins is a Lions killer? Because I think every time we play Kirk Cousins, he actually plays not bad. So uh, I think – have the Lions beaten Kirk Cousins in a Vikings uniform? I don't think they have. Uh, Only been two years, right? Three years? I'm trying to think. Is this a – been there longer than that. Three years. No, it's been three Case years. Keenum. Case Keenum was yeah. the guy before that. And oh, that was yeah. only that was in 2018. So yeah. Are they Owen Sitz and it's Kirk Cousins? That can't be right. I think they might be, dude. That's I think a heck of a stat. That's a great stat. You might need to look that up, TB. They've been really last bad. Last time the Lions beat Kirk Cousins was in 2016 when he played for the Redskins. Seriously, I think that's the last time the Lions beat Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, for sure that we this would be another topic. I want to get Rab. I want Rabs to talk because I know you're fired up, but. I think I mean Patricia just can't win in the division. Simple as that. Either he hasn't won any games in the division that were actually important. So, um, it's I got I got a lot to get off my chest here. The first thing that irritates me is that the last two weeks, like we can't even analyze the game because it's like it's the same thing every every time they lose. For the most part, it's the same thing. But I can't. We can't even analyze the games because they're never in them. We they have haven't been in the games, say. right? We have haven't been in the games when we come in here. That's why you see all of us just kind of like tripping on our words here. I got nothing to right. say. I got nothing it's, new to yeah, say about this team. It's the last two weeks. They have never been in the game for a second in my eyes. And, and back to what I originally said, my my only thing about this game that stands out is they were simply ill-prepared to play. We said it last week. We, three guys that are 22, 21, and 20 years old told you 
they got to stop the run against the guy that just ran for 200 yards and like four touchdowns. Guess what they didn't do? Stop the run. Do they watch film? Like, do you, do you think they watch film at all? Because it just, they're so, they never start on time and they're so ill prepared to play. The defense had zero answers for anything. Like, I got Irv Smith is, like, the best player in the league now. The guy hasn't got a touchdown pass all year, I don't think. And Irv Smith put up, like, I think two touchdowns on you. They had no answer for anything. The run, the short passing game, the passing out into the flat, which they always get burned on, the deep ball, like, nothing. So, and Collins, you brought it up, too. Every single time I – it's gotten to the point for me, I'm I'm a holy man, I'm a man of the cloth. I would never do this, and I hope that the FBI doesn't listen to this and, like, come to my house. I would never do this, but I am very close to driving my car to the Lions practice facility just to get the chance to catch Daryl Bevel coming out of practice so I can spit in his face. Like, I am so sick and tired. You're, okay, you're putting up Bevel, not Patricia? Hold on. Oh, I got a, I got a, a load for your head coach, but I, Daryl, my head coach, <laughs> the lion's head coach, Daryl, Daryl Bevel has just completely taken a step back from anything that I thought that he brought to the table. That was positive between just, just the game plan to the script, to the way that Stafford is, is has such a limited playbook for him to throw the ball. And I got, again, I'll get to Stafford in a second, but there's just, I, I, I can't watch Adrian Peterson anymore. I can't. And I think he's, he's a, he's a hall of famer. I can't do it. I'm not going to get on that train. Stafford's been bad the last two weeks. I, to be completely honest with you, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm almost leaning back now over to the side of like, they got to get rid of him because it's just not, he's not going to be able to win here. He's just not. I, I, this team is, and it's, it's just, it's, it's like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I, the Falcons win. We were obviously all very excited because it looked great. And what do we all say? You have to beat the Colts to make it real. And they didn't. And then here we are again, at least me. I'll just speak for myself. Here I am again thinking like, yeah, this is they, – they got this one. They'll beat the Vikings. And they just show you who they really are. Every single year they show you who they really are, and it's never anyone good. And now you're sitting at three and five. And, sure, you'll probably go out and beat the Washington football club, organization, football team, whatever, next week. And you'll probably start to get those people to creep back in like, oh, they're four and five, the schedules. I'm done, dude. I'm like, Trent, I'm sorry because you're the guy that usually keeps I, – I am. I – this team has nothing not to good. offer. Nothing to offer. And Stafford, love the guy. Hasn't been great the last two weeks. We say it all the time. Excuses are not. He has to be close to perfect for this team to have a chance because even when he is almost perfect – they're very close to losing like 80% of the time. I, so my, I, my final thoughts here, my final thoughts here come down to Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. And I, I'm sure they're good people. I wish them no, I, there's no ill will towards them whatsoever. I, they, they, they have to go. 
because Matt Patricia, if you want to break it down to just like X's and O's, every, every time a head coach is, is hired in the NFL, usually they come from like a coordinator position or they have a background and a, a specialty. For example, Andy Reid, more of an offensive mind. Yep. Matt Patricia has been a defensive coach his whole career. That being said, this guy in three years has not been able to put together a good scheme on defense or good personnel to, to fit this scheme that he has. So between, between him and his buddy, Corey Unlin, who might as well just be me out there with a play sheet, there, there's, they never have an answer for anything other teams do against them. I don't know where these, like, good defensive performances came from against Atlanta. Oh, I know. Atlanta's not good. That's where the, where the performance came from. So between him and, again, Daryl Bevel, to me, like, has just been so mad. And, and Bob Quinn. Quinn, like, bless you, dude. I'm glad Patricia's probably your best friend. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys have spent three years together. But whether he's in your ear telling you what guys he wants or you're making the call saying, this is who I want on this team, coach them properly, both of you guys suck. So I usually come on here and try to give you more of a positive angle of like, yeah, you know, like it's not good, but it's they, it could be worse. I, 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 I don't want to be that sports talking head anymore of just not taking a side. I'm off the fence and I'm on the side of Armageddon and fire of it just, it's, it's, it needs to stop. Like it's over. It's it. Like they're yep. three and five. They, they have, I don't care if they let 15 teams into the playoffs. This team ain't one of them because yep. they'll beat Washington. And I don't know where else the other wins come. What do you mean? The schedule gets easier. You're going to beat Carolina. Really? Well, Who are you going to beat? You're not going to beat the Packers. You can't beat the Bears. You can't beat the Vikings because they've never – this coach has never beat the team that plays in the same division. Not once. They haven't done it once. You can't go to the playoffs if you don't win your division when you're the Lions. You've got you to gotta beat someone in your division one time. Just once. How, what is it going to take? This guy, he's got to go. They're, they're done. I'm done. you got to get rid of him. Yeah, they we, I, this, I, I can't believe it. I thought they were going to do something. We knew this, like, uh, we knew this at, almost after last year. He wasn't no, the I guy. Know, but I, 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 every year, Collins, every single year, they could be 0-5 to start the year, and I've got the angle. I have the angle. Is that the schedule gets easier? Are they coming around? Are they going to do this, this, and this? And I got so if they win the next two games, are you done? Done, You're still dude. Done. No, 5-5, five five, done. Done. Okay. And you know what? Okay, if good. They make good. The playoffs, if they make the playoffs, I don't think you will. I don't. I know. No, no way. I get, and There's I zero have, chance. I've given you no reason to believe that I will hold true to my word. But if they, may, I'd rather be here with my hand up at seven and nine, and they're in the playoffs somehow. And I go, you know what? I was wrong. Seven and nine got them in. Here they are. I'd rather do that than be the guy when they finish the year with four wins in week thirteen. I'm still like. They can win out here and, and find a way in. I have they, okay. this team. Well, that's going to be me. So. Up. That's fine. And that trip, oh. that's why we love you. And that's why the podcast works the way it does. This, that I, I actually just like feel bad for Matt Patricia because he's, I don't. He this, this guy, this, this guy, dude, he's, he's so got to go home. He's got to go home every day. Like, holy shit. Like, I can't. Well, I think he, 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 he's at this point, he's got to know it's over. I, I, 
I they got I, and I, I like they literally brought this guy uh, in to take the organization to a different level, and they're gonna go three straight years with losing record. Can he I ask you a fired. question? Can I ask you a question fired. that I that I know you probably don't have the answer to because no one on God's green earth does? Why is this guy always standing with his arms crossed, looking in the fucking? I hate there? it. Trent, Trent, I Trent. Hate he always it. always like this. Trent. He, he just he like stems. we watch the games and can't like give an answer as to why they do what they do. This guy's got no effing clue how to fix what's going on. He doesn't. And, like, it's – it's. I, I'm not going to fault – like, Matt – like, it doesn't – dude, some coaches, it doesn't work out. Like, some coaches are, are just not meant to be head coaches. I can't figure out how this guy has Super Bowl rings with New England because you'd think by year three in any program, in any program, whether you're college and it takes years to get your recruits in, or you're an NFL team and you're trying to get your guys in from free agency drafting to fit the scheme, whatever, you'd think that he would be able to put together a defense that's not like dead last in every category. He can't. They stink. They stink. I I, I, I mean, I've always kind of been on the fence that, like, hey, you got to fire Patricia, maybe keep Quinn. I think they both have to go. I think yeah, what, Quinn, Quinn, what? Bob Quinn, if Bob Quinn cared about his job, I shouldn't say that. Let me, let me, let me back up. Well, I think they're tied up. at the hip. They're both going to be gone. Well, I, I think Bob, I think Bob Quinn, if he has any balls and wants to keep his job, will fire Matt Patricia before the season's over. But Matt, if this guy, if this guy makes, if this guy, if Patricia is the head coach in week 17, 16, whatever, and the Lions are looking at five and 11, and that's it, then they're both gone. So the only way for me for Bob Quinn to save his ass is get rid of the coach, like, tomorrow. Like, you got time. Wednesday, Bevel can take over, and uh, and maybe he can get you another win or two before I go spit in his face, which I won't actually do because I don't want to go to jail. But I, I just – I think that the more and more I watch this team, Collins, and as I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, my patience has thinned as I am now an old man. I, I, I don't have any more room for excuses of, of let's, you know, let's keep this. We can keep this guy. We can keep that guy. Patricia has to go. His staff, including Daryl Bevel, has to go get the GM out of there. And Matthew Stafford, I would, I, similar to my tweet that I had when he had the unreal comeback against Atlanta, I will be the first guy to drive to his house and kiss his feet and shake his hand and say, thank you for giving me something to believe in as a Lions fan over the last decade of my life. I'm so sorry that nobody could help you out here. Here's the keys. Go wherever you want and go win a Super Bowl. And I'll be the first guy to buy your jersey when it comes out because he is not – they they are not going to be able to give him anything coaching-wise or personnel-wise to allow him to win. You need to slow down on the staff. I'm done, dude. I'm done. No, no, no. Don't I just, love Stafford. I know we all do, but don't don't go so far as to blow him like hit ejection. No, no, no it's so not. It's not him. It's not no, him. Know, they just, can't help him. They can't help him. Yeah, it's not. Do not put. Don't you dare put the Detroit Lions incompetence on just like. And I know you're not putting it on him, but don't put it on him in the sense that like, oh, sorry, dude, we can't keep you around anymore because these guys stink. No, yeah, he's try. been your one constant for nine years, and he's been great, and you have to hang on to him. More than nine years. He's in year 12, right? I know, but he was hurt like a couple of years, whatever. He's been, yeah. he's been at this level for 
since two, since Kelvin Johnson left. Really, he's been at this level since 2016. MVP caliber. I'm not saying like MVP numbers. I'm saying like at the end of games, he's the damn near the best quarterback in the league in those situations. And we all know how we feel about that. Patricia's has, Patricia has to go. Bevel has to go. Corey Unlin has to go. We all understand that. Okay. I want to talk about Bob Quinn for a second. Because I want to at least entertain the thought. I think at the end of the day, yeah, he's going to be on the chopping block, and he's got to go too. But Rams, you brought he's up a very absolutely ripped apart this roster and made it worse. So that's the that's that's what I'm going to get to. So Rams, you brought up a very interesting point in that Bob Quinn, if he cares about his job enough to keep it, and maybe wants to try give it one more go at a different regime, bring in your next head coach, probably another Patriots cast off. But I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, I, I, maybe you'll hit, maybe uh, you'll hit the lottery. I'm like, You're going to have to check me into a mental institution if they get another Patriots guy. Well, I'm, we just, I'm just saying. What, here's what I'm going to say. Yes, he should fire him before the season's over if he wants any chance to keep his job. Because you know what Bob Quinn has done even before Matt Patricia got here? He signed Marvin Jones. He drafted Kenny Galladay. He drafted Taylor Decker. You know, he even drafted Frank Ragnow. It's the defensive side of the ball where this guy has no idea because he's just listening to this – Fat coach, talk about how we need to bring oh, in on. Jamie Collins. Come on, we need to pay Trey. Yeah, don't, you don't need to go after the guy's weight. Come on, I'm, dude. I'm so sorry, but like I, Bob Quinn, yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad general manager. I think he's trying. To, I. Yeah. I think he's listening to Matt Patricia, and you guys are right. At the end of the day, he probably has to go too. I know. I'm just saying. There's a chance. There's a chance to Rabs's point that if Bob Quinn cares enough. And he goes upstairs and he says, Matt Patricia, you know, thanks for thanks, but no thanks. We're done. You can move on. Get another guy. You still have Stafford. There's absolutely things to work with here. But I'll tell you what's probably going to happen. Do you think? Like, the cover's pretty bad. Like, Marvin Jones isn't the same guy anymore. I think that's pretty obvious, How did too. He do that? He's had two great games in a row. Uh, it... He's found the red zone. He's found the end no, zone. Collins, Collins, I just don't think that they, like, make an attempt to use him. I, when, when Kenny's, not, when Kenny's he, healthy, he's just not in the game plan at all. I, he was good last I, I just don't see a scenario where Marvin Jones is bad. And I, I, I don't think he's an impact. I, I never really thought Marvin There's was There's not. An, no reason to bring him back, dude. He's been, yeah, he's been, he's, great, he's he's been good for his tenure. Player. No reason to bring him back. He was, and he was a very nice pickup. That was a very nice pickup. Yes. I love Marvin yes. Jones. So he seems quick. like a fantastic human being. But, I, like – just to the Marvin Jones. like, nice in the red zone. Like, he, he's a weapon. Galladay's a nice weapon. You obviously have Stafford. Swift looks like a good weapon. O-line's not bad. Like, yeah, you can work around that maybe in the offensive side of things. But the time it's going to take to rehab this defense to make it even close to a playoff caliber defense is a long time. And I'm not getting, giving up on a Puda. I, I, I've already given up on Jared Davis. I think Tavai has stunk this year yeah, after having a promising rookie year. Tavai yeah. has been terrible this year. I don't like all the older Patriots guys they have around because I, I think a new regime comes in. They're just all going to be gone too. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's a longer – I could – I just don't see a scenario, Trent, and I think, Patri- I, I, I think Patricia and Quinn are equally at fault. Like you can I, – I truly believe that because – well, this is Quinn's vision. This is Quinn's vision to bring in a guy like this and run a system like that, and it's completely failed. So that's on him, completely on him. 
So, okay, so, so look, just to one thing that you just said, like, I, on the defensive side of the ball, of course, it's riddled with all these expatriates who probably aren't going to be any good for I, I don't think there's that many playmakers just at all anymore on there. You have to remember, you still have Okudo, who's probably going to end up being a nice piece. Tracy Walker is a nice piece. Justin Coleman is a nice piece. So I definitely think at that point, it, it's, it's the front seven that you really got to, like, flip inside out, and I'm with you. That's going to take – Yeah, but that takes a while. That, that, that That's so – on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Collins, you just ran through it. Boom, boom, boom. There's nothing wrong with the offense. It's the way they're being used and the, the way the game plan is. And, and our offense. I, I do you guys think the offense has really been that bad this year? I think literally the run game has really been their problem the last, like, what, 10 years almost now? And the way they've utilized it this year has been a problem. I just think Stafford hasn't played out as a high level as I, he I has think, been I think the offense. Years. I think the offense has been – not bad, but I would say I think the offense is underperforming. And yeah, I think and Stafford's main, underperforming the too. Main, yes, yes, he is. But the main point is that when you have guys like like Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift yes. and Quintez Cephas, who never sees the offensive side of the ball anymore for some reason, they, these, these, players, these players are not – utilized properly in the scheme does not get used to where you're maximizing what you have on the field. Hawkinson should be used more. They can't they run. They can't run the, they, they really can't run the ball all that effectively. And a lot of it is because they, they have a different running back every other down and it's usually not swift or carry. It just, I, I I, mean, so I I just don't I don't see him again. We want like you want to go like like Marvin Jones to me is a guy that I think like like we said he's had a great tenure here. There's no reason to bring him back. Danny Amendola who gives up on half of his routes before the ball's even thrown. Like I like I can't I just can't watch that kind of stuff. I just think if you use if you put Carry on and Swift in the game more, you completely change the dynamic of the offense. It's just not a good scheme. Okay. It's the same. It's the same telegraphed handoff on first down play action for second or, or uh, you can hand off again on second down for zero or one yards and then we're going to throw out a third down pass to the sticks when our receiver is not even at the sticks or beyond and it's a drop pass every time i'm so sick of watching the it scheme stinks on both sides of the ball that is the issue it's coaching and if i can bring it back to one more thing with bob quinn i just want you guys to look and, and I, again, I have to keep reiterating this. I agree he should probably lose his job. But if, I don't, I don't want to hear, you know, if he does fire Patricia and the Lions retain Quinn, I don't want to hear all the negative Nellies out there saying, oh, well, nothing's going to change. Cause, cause well, Bob, nothing, why, why would you not want that? It, what, they both need to be fired. Let me, let, me, let me explain this for a second. Bob Quinn had a playoff roster in 2016. He built that for you. After Martin Mayhew or Marvin, what was it? Martin, Marvin, Martin Mayhew. Whatever. He stunk. He was horrible. Everyone knows that. He picked Eric Ebron. We we all remember how that all went. And Lakin Tomlinson and all these guys who aren't even on, you know, borderline, not even in the yeah. league anymore. So look, I, I Bob Quinn. I don't think Collins the whole equally responsible thing. Like I get it because it was his vision. But ultimately, he's proven at least. And don't say he hasn't because he has. For 2016 and 17 under Caldwell, those teams were good. They were damn good. They won nine games both years. And they, they, you, we remember how they went. You lose the Falcons game in a 10-second run. Like they, they, they could have won 11 games. We, it, those, were, those were vintage Stafford Lions teams. And they won, and they were built by Bob Quinn. He drafted Taylor Decker. He drafted Kenny Galladay. He signed Marvin Jones. 
You know, he, he they, they utilized Golden Tate. They actually did some stuff that worked. They cut Joy Fell. They move on from, you know, Reggie Bush, Namir Abdullah. And they, there were plenty of positives in those two years before Matt Patricia took over. And now we see Trey Flowers getting all this money dumped in. And Jamie Collins, who runs a 5-5. Five five. Like, it, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, Trent, I, I understand what you're saying. And I've said this before. He's had some hits in the draft. And he's yeah. found some pieces. Like, Galladay, that's like no – like. Finding a guy like Galladay in the third round is a fantastic pick, and I'm yeah, never Tracy gonna like got, yeah. Round too. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tracy Walker, I think, is taking a step back this year, but I mean, I, I don't I know how. There, the- there's no pass rush. You can't. I can't blame anyone in the secondary. They don't have any creative. Their defense team stinks, so I can't like say anything about anyone in the secondary or on the defense. In fact, especially Okuda, who's a rookie trying to, who is getting matchups against like the best wide receivers on each team. What have you done for me lately, though? And, and and I don't – when you look at those teams where Quinn was the GM under Caldwell, there was never really, like, any splashes or super big moves in free agency out of the Quinn. The Lions still won nine games. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, because they had talent from the previous regime. Like, Quinn was – like, you could say Martin Mayhew stunk. Like, yeah, he might have stunk at drafting players. There was still talent. Like, there was still free agent pickups that Martin Mayhew made that, like, were producing and draft picks that Martin Mayhew made that were producing. And, and the thing that Quinn did well was he was able to make tinkers and adjustments that made the team a little bit better. I would agree with you there. And, but once he's gotten, like, fully, he fully got the keys – like, they, he only got driving privileges after 7 o'clock when he was 16, and now he's turned, like, 21, and he's ready to roll, like, full-time. He's stunk. He hasn't been good. Yeah. And his free agent moves are irreparable. You know what? Irreparable at this point. So, he, if, if you, if you want to fire Patricia, you got to fire Quinto. I don't, like, I don't know if you can run this back again because cause you're always going to be in a weird spot if this team doesn't produce in the next – Say they fired Patricia and this team gets even worse in the next two years. And then you got to fire – like, and then you got to start over again. And then, so, and I, I, I – yeah. I'll, I'll let you – just real quick. That yeah. is why I have to reiterate that I, I would rather – yes, I want to get rid of both of them. What I'm, what I'm foreseeing, and it's already making me angry, is if for whatever reason they keep Quinn around, all of the negative bullshit about, like, they didn't make – should have canned Quinn – I don't necessarily subscribe to it just because I, 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 Collins, I hear everything you said and I agree with most of it, but I just, I, I believe with my two eyes, I think Bob Quinn is a bet. He, he's capable of putting together a playoff roster and he hasn't done that under this coach because this coach's system sucks on both sides of the ball. And to me, that's where it's just, I blame Quinn. Or no, I blame Patricia more than I blame Quinn. This is, this is the analogy I'm going to give you is the way that I look at this. Now bear with me. The way that I view the relationship right now between Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn is I look at Matt Patricia's working on a boat, okay? He's working on a boat. The boat's broken down, and he's going to his friend Bob Quinn and going, Bob, I need you to get me some parts for this boat. And I think what's happening is that Bob Quinn is going out and he's trying to get the best possible parts for this boat. But the problem is Patricia's asking for like car parts, no matter how good the car parts are that you're giving this guy, he's still working on a boat and not a car. So it ain't going to work. What I think has to happen is, and where I, where I would defend Bob Quinn 
to your point, Trent, of saying that I, even if they get rid of Patricia and not Quinn, I don't think it's all for naught because I think what I'd rather see Bob Quinn do is go, hey, I'm the GM. I'm going to get you the best quality car parts that I can, but you better be building a car and not a boat. Like, that's how it has to be. And so if, if a head coach, whatever head coach comes in next, that's how the relationship has to be. Like, this is like the, the coach, it's a weird, it's a dynamic that I, I don't know if it varies on a, a GM to GM basis or a team to team basis or whatever. But it's like, is, is the head coach just going to coach the team that the GM puts on the field? Or is the GM going to cater his every move to what the coach wants? Because that's what I think that Bob Quinn has done with Patricia. I think he just caters to what Matt Patricia's in his ear. Like, the defense isn't working, Bob. I need, I need Jamie Collins. I need him bad. Like, I think that's the way that Bob Quinn has operated. So I think if my – I don't even know if my analogy made sense. Oh, but I think, it's, I think it's time for Bob Quinn to be like, Matt, here's the deal. These are the players that I want on this team. You are expected to coach this team the way I am building it. And if, if Matt Patricia is not the guy to do that, then he needs to go. I'm just, I think Matt Patricia has too much involved in this. Like, this is the scheme he's trying to run, which isn't good, A. And, B, I believe that, that Matt Patricia thinks the guys that Bob Quinn is getting for him can play in the scheme. They're just, like, not good enough. I, I, don't, I don't even know what this – I can't even describe it. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't know if we can talk about this for much longer because yeah. we're, we're probably going to have to talk about this for the next like, six or seven weeks because sure. this is probably going to be the topic. But, I mean, they stink. Let's move on to next week. All right. Uh, let's do the picks, and we'll talk about the upcoming game. Uh, Washington football team at the Lions, 1 o'clock on Sunday at Ford Field. Uh, leaderboard here, Ryan Collins is at 8-8 eight and eight after last week. Trent, you are at 9-7. and seven. I am at 12 and four, hanging on by a thread to the greatest streak in sports history. After that came to an end a couple weeks ago, um, but I digress. The line, the Lions are a four-point favorite at home. The total is 45 and a half. Uh, Trent, why don't we start with you? Uh, I see this game a lot like I saw that Jaguars game. The Washington football team is not a good football team. I, I don't know how else to put it. They've already gone through two, three, three quarterbacks. They've already gone through three quarterbacks this season. But I will say this. Ron Rivera is an excellent coach. This team is still in their division race, which is embarrassing considering the fact that they have two wins. And uh, <laughs> Do they have two wins or one? Either way, the NFC East stinks. So I, I absolutely think they're still going to roll in Detroit and play a win. So we will see what happens here. Hopefully the Lions can win their first game in Ford Field since 2018, but or 2018. Yeah, that is insane. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I just see it as, as such an. I don't see it as a big Lions blowout win. I don't. I see it as like a. a, a if they win, it's going to be last second field goal or a one or two point win. So I'm going to pick the Washington football team to cover. Lions win a tight one. If the line was three, I would have a lot harder time with it. But I think the Lions eke it out, but the Washington football team covers. And the over-under, oh, it's hard not 45 and a half. It is hard not to bet the over against this Lions defense, so I'm going to say over. Um, Washington doesn't really have a great run game, which I think benefits the Lions defense a little bit. They don't have a great anything. So, in theory, the Lions should yeah, I, I think I, Washington. 
Washington's defense is actually not bad. They have a good defensive front. I do think they can get to Stafford a little bit this week. I, their secondary is not really great, but I mean, Washington is just as much in the playoff race as maybe more than the Lions. If you look, because I mean, they could still win their division like very easily. If you look at the one and, and Alex Smith stinks. I, I mean, I, I, if Dude, the Washington, he's got one of the greatest comeback stories ever. Be, be a little kind to the man. No, he's just not good. He's not good anymore. It's not, no offense to him. He's had a great career. He's made plenty of money. By the way, I'm pretty sure I said the Redskins the last couple of times. Washington football team, excuse me. The R um, Yeah, yeah. Should, yeah, whatever. Sorry. I, I always say the San Diego Chargers, too. I'll never say the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, it's, 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 a team, it's a team relevancy thing in my brain. It has nothing to do with the, the uh, yeah. negative connotation of the word. Yeah. I hear you. But um, I think the Lions cover this week, and I think the over hits. And, and I tell you about the under. I, Washington cannot score without Smith at quarterback. If Dwayne Haskins was playing, I know they hate Dwayne Haskins in Washington. If he was playing, I would pick the Washington football team to beat the Lions. Just the straight. I just, I, Al Smith physically can't do it. So you said that you don't think the Washington football team can score with Alex Smith at quarterback. Do you think they can score on this Lions defense even with my little brother at quarterback? Yeah, but they, the thing about this Lions defense is like if you have a run game, then it like presents issues. Like the two teams they've played who can't really run the football at an efficient rate have struggled against this Lions defense. Okay. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, it sounds like I'm going to ride with Collins on this one. This, this, this to me is just the game where, like I, like I said earlier, like the Lions are going to win this week because Washington's not a good team. I get there like in a playoff race somehow, whatever. I don't know what the, the – if Washington has, has one win or two wins, I don't think this is a team that's like – Guys, we're in it. Like, let's go make the playoffs. I think they, they're very aware of where they're at as an organization. They're still kind of in this rebuilding phase. They're really not confident in their quarterback in Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen, who's also hurt now. Or I shouldn't say also hurt because Haskins isn't hurt. They just hate him, like Colin said. So I, I look at this game as a, as a Lions win. And for the people that kind of teeter-totter are going to get sucked right back in, I'm not. And I, I think the Lions will cover because – I just think they're I think they're better than Washington, believe it or not. I think they have more to offer on both sides of the ball. Um, I will I will take the under here. I think like Collins was saying, with Alex Smith, I mean, and Washington not having a great run game, they're going to have to make plays at some point down the field. And I just don't think between Alex Smith and the only guy I could name to you in the receiving core is Terry McLaurin or what's his name McLaurin, right? Terry McLaurin. Uh, that's the only guy I could name to you in the receiving core. Maybe that's just me not or like Paul Richardson might be there. Who knows? Either way, um, I don't think they're going to be able to make plays because the Lions have shown you in some flashes against poor teams that they can play competent football on defense. So this is going to be another Lions win to add to your to the, the case that Matt Patricia is going to think like, oh, when he goes to management and they're like, Matt, we don't know. He's like, well, I have four wins. We're four and five. And then you, you, you think back and go, oh, yeah, they just beat the Washington football team. We don't even have an actual team name. So give me the Lions. I will take the under. This one might be a lot closer than I think, like you were saying, Trev, but I'll take the Lions and the under. That's all I got for you. Um, we'll see what happens. But, again, like I said earlier, at least in my brain, if they win, cool. That, 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 I, there's, there's nothing. There is nothing that could happen in this game 
that I could come back here on the podcast next week and be like, I think they're actually good. They're just not. They've done they've, – they've, they are past the point of no return for me. I'll still watch. I love the Lions. I watch every week. I hope they win. I hope they win the Super Bowl this year. Not going to happen. I will say this. I think we also said that same thing going into the Jaguars game, and we didn't do that when we came back after that Jaguars win. Yes. We did not sit here and, and prop it up like it was some great win. We said, I got to see it against Atlanta, who's more talented. And then after that happened, they were 3-3. Three and three. It was the rebirth of the Lions faithful. And then, of course, here we are. At- Done. Yeah. I just wanted that on the record because I probably uh, – Next week and, and prop them up. But we'll see. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's do the trifecta, Trent, and then we'll get out of here so Collins can watch The Bachelor. And I got to get upstairs to watch This Is Us at 9 o'clock. This is this show worth it? Yes, 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 yes. How yes, it seems yes, like yes. too much is going on in that show. It, they're, they're, they're like, there is, but I don't know what it is about, like, being upset that, like, makes you feel good, like, that you're, like, feeling emotion. But there, there are many times where I have sat and watched that show where I'm just, like, in a puddle by myself. And there are times where it's, like, I watch it and something happens and I'm, like, oh, my God, I love this show. Like, it just, it's just a feel, it's a great feel-good show. You would like it, Kyle. I, I I don't know. We'll see. No, watch it I probably mind. will never watch it, I'll be honest. I usually don't watch anything no, that has nothing. Eh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, right. probably not. Are we going to do it now? Yes. Yeah, sorry. No, I was no, just no, rambling no, I just there. I to make sure because I, I get nervous when I have to drive the segment. I, I get a little – I get shaked. Oh, come on. Jeez, come man. on. <laughs> I don't yeah, have grow up. I think you've been there before. Trent's drive back to welcome in. Uh, question <laughs> one. Here we go. Um, in light of the political scene, this is not a political question at all, but Great. in light of the recent developments, I just want to ask, if you ran for president, what would your slogan be? Uh, I have no idea. That is an impossible question. Ugh. Okay. Uh, actually, as uh, what's called, I ran for student council because I was on student council for four years in high school. Me too. Three Shout years. out. Yep. What? We called it for three years. I was parliamentarian on my first, on my poster. I literally had the white Goodman thing from Global Gym on every single one of my posters. I'm better than you, and I know it. I just put it on there because it was funny and got votes every single time. So yeah, that would be my slogan. Okay, Rebs. One, I will. I would preface this preface this by saying, it, no, there is nothing that could persuade me to ever run for president. It's like my one of my biggest fears. One of my biggest fears is waking up someday and finding out that I'm the president of the United States. That would be the I worst thing ever. I couldn't it's the imagine. worst job ever. Um, I would say, I can't give you an exact one. I would say something along the lines of like, you know, for the common man, people's champ. Like I'm a man of the people. Like I, that's what I would do as a president. I would listen to the people first. And I, not to you give sound like you're like making like a 1990s a wrestler. It's like Kurt Angle, the perfect, uh, like perfect athlete or something. Like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't mean Angle. to, I don't mean to take, political sides here because I'm just not with what I'm about to say but the one thing I do I did like that Joe Biden said in one of his speeches that I heard was that he said something along the lines of like I'm gonna work just as hard for the people that didn't vote for me as the people that did vote for me like that's that's the way I would run like you don't have to vote for me that's fine but if I win and when I win like we're in this together that's 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 my thing that's how it should be in my opinion okay so agreed America answer <laughs> I, I, uh, like for the common man or something people the people's champ the people's yeah. champ that's right okay. shout out the rock i'd be the people's champ that's Very my slogan nice. um rally for bally how are you 
All right. Oh, Watson. yeah. That's too. Go. That's too easy. Nothing rhymes with Rabinowitz, dude. Like well, a vote for a vote for Rabinowitz is a vote for freedom. <laughs> okay, there I like that. I like that better. Because we're not free, but uh. Right. Yeah, we're not free, so we want freedom. So we're gonna vote for Rams. Anywho, question two: How did you spend? Those days when it was 70 degrees outside for like five days in a row. It was awesome. It was beautiful here in Michigan. Outside? Yeah, what'd you do? Outside. Just uh, played golf maybe (laughs) one day. Threw the football around. Doing other stuff. Pretty fun. All right. I don't even know. Um, I mean, I didn't – I mean, there's nothing you really can do other than play golf and like do stuff on your porch. um, I went to – I went to Top Golf. For my friend's sister's 30th birthday party, that was fun. Glad to get out of the house. Um, I also I also watched all three Mighty Ducks movies in a row on one of the days. Oh boy, oh Collins, boy. what Collins? What's your um? Give me your your rankings of the movies. D two, D one, D three. It's the only answer. Yep. I, well, I, I mean, it, it, like you would. For for God's sake, we got Portman showing up halfway through a game in D three. Well, again, so it's like an inner squad scrimmage. <laughs> it doesn't make yeah, any will, sense. The thing, the thing that I Paul noticed Korea about – is announcing in that game. Like, come on. The thing that I noticed about those movies, because I probably haven't, like, sat down and actually watched those movies with a purpose for, like, the last decade. Every time I watch them, it's like, oh, yeah, like, what? Like it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. You get back from the bar. You're like, what do we do now? Like, I don't know. Let's throw on the Mighty Ducks and just fall asleep. But I, those movies are, like – comically bad like they're bad like just like like you said like there's just things that let's come on no i'm saying there's things that happen that are just like ridiculous and like it's not it's like the acting gets way better by d3 but they're like i i'll always and forever love those movies just incredible but i would also say d2 triple d dude never forget but i i will take like the triple d like the triple d is like not a move like he just stop have you seen have you seen gordon bobby's triple d i didn't think so if you were in that you'd be Falling all over the place. I'm a Mighty Ducks guy through and through, by the way. Oh, Mighty Ducks guy. It's fantastic. I can watch D2 every day. Who's your favorite, Mighty, who's your favorite Mighty Duck of all time? Uh, I did have an Adam Banks cake eater shirt for a really long time. Where it's wow, just a picture of his face awesome. that said cake eater. And I used to wear it out all the time. And I got like pit stains on it. That's gross. I don't know why I said that. But uh, um, no, I'm going to go Adam Banks because he was a stud. Yeah, he was a stud. Nah, oh, Charlie, yeah. Charlie kind of annoyed me. I was a big Gordon guy, even though Gordon is this an absolute huge just liability in the first movie. But hey, I mean, he would have made it to the pros if he didn't have that cheap shot in the minors. Oh, Bombay. <laughs> yeah, on the Winnetonka waves. Yeah. <laughs> I All love right, those Trent. movies. Sorry, Trent. Sorry. No, that's great. This is what we try to do here. We try to spark conversation. Win a taunter waves. Trent, I forgot your question. Oh, what did what'd you do? Yeah, what did yeah. you do, Trent? <laughs> yeah, what did I do? Yeah, what did you do? I played a lot of pickup basketball. It was very fun. Nice. Dude, where do you even play pickup basketball these days? We go to a park in Williamson. It's about 15 minutes from my apartment. Do they still do they still uh, have the the rims at like the IM East outdoor courts taken no, down? No, it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah, they're taken down. Yes, so they they are taken down. I I remember so that was when quarantine started. One of like the big things that I was doing, and I played I played basketball up through eighth grade. Like I, I love basketball, but I just like it's not something that I like go do. Like I would I would go like 
if I had an open sheet of ice, I would go stick handle and shoot around and play hockey for hours. Like that just like everyone's got their thing or like golf similar. I gotta go hit balls for hours. But I was starting to play pickup basketball with my buddies. And then of course we show up to the courts one day out of nowhere and the rims are gone. And I'm like, what the hell? So I one of the days, I don't know what was going on, but I was just so bored and no one was around. But I drove to some like elementary school down the road from my house in East Lansing and like the concrete was all broken and stuff. So you couldn't like really dribble, but I was just out there with my beats on putting up shots for like two hours. It was liberating. It was great stuff. I well, missed, that's good. I, I missed on I am East and I am West. I am great. East better, objectively better. Oh, it's way better, but I am West. You get a better run, even though I'm not even good at basketball, but I just have to say that. I loved the one time that I ran into Collins at IM East because I, I was just, dying. Oh, didn't we all go play? Didn't we all go play once? With Trent was not there for that time, but I uh, saw. I yeah, I saw TB at the torts. Yeah, I remember watching Collins just like, <laughs> just like run around the arc and wait for someone to pass. Collins, him. Collins can play. Collins can no, play. But the thing is, Ryan Collins likes to play at his pace. Like if he starts, if it starts person. to get, if it starts to get like out of hand, like he just. He, you'll just see him like he'll just catch it and give it away because he doesn't want to have to put the effort in. But he can play. He's got. He can play. Yeah, I can shoot. That's basically it. <laughs> Jr. Smith. I love comparing yeah. to Jr. Smith, which is a compliment. It's not a bad thing. I think I'm more Langston Galloway, but continue. Langston Galloway. That's a pretty good. I'm one. either the best player on the court or the worst player. No in between. All right. How often do you buy groceries? This is the final question. Kind of a dumb question, I know, but I just want to know. I just bought groceries yesterday, but before that, there's nothing better. Shout out to the parents. And I. this is like one of the scary things. I'm starting to get Sunday scaries about graduating and going into the real world. I mean, probably with my degree and my lack of experience in the field, I will probably be living at home after college, <laughs> putting it lightly. But like – just like it's luckily like every once in a while the parents will be like okay i brought a couple things up for you it's not like buying groceries like fully but like hey here's some bread here's some peanut butter here's like a couple cans of soup you're like okay that, that cuts a few things off the list but yeah I, I don't know i usually go like every two or three weeks it depends all right yeah, now now that I'm back at home, I'm not I'm no longer in charge of the groceries. My college experience, what I got really good at doing was I could stretch groceries for like a month if I have to. Like whatever you whatever you would put in front of me, whatever I had, if I was just like, oh, like I, I luckily like I was never in I worked in college, so I never had situations where I was like I just don't have the money to go buy groceries. Like that wasn't an issue for me. And it gets not like a me being like, oh yeah, like I would just get my my uh, my PayPal pumped by my parents every week. It was like I just worked, so I had money. But yes. it was just times where I was like, I don't really want, like I don't really have time to, nor do I want to go do the whole ordeal of go grocery shopping. So I could stretch groceries for a while. I would usually, I'm like an every two weeks guy. Like every two weeks, there were times where I had to go when I was like working out seriously, my junior year especially and like trying to put on muscle and I was like eating like crazy. I would be going like once a week easily, but twice a week or once every other week is probably would suffice. But like I said, there were times where I would legitimately be like, Oh, I haven't gotten groceries in a month. And like, I've somehow been able to eat and survive. So that's like one of the things you got to get good at in college. Well, the slippery slope is if you want to be like 
completely out of shape or like mildly out of shape when when you go to the grocery store because there, like there's cheap options that are like in pretty like do I get ten boxes of macaroni or or do I like actually go get some like actual protein that's probably like three or four dollars like more expensive yeah, that's, like, that's the thing too is like i i was always i don't mind making food but when you're just like in college like there's just times where it's like i just have no interest in like like chopping up some ground beef and seasoning it and then like throwing some pasta on it's like dude like i just like open up a pack like one of those craft cups and like let's just move on or like make a peanut butter and jelly so you're right Colin. it's like you gotta you gotta choose if you got a game plan for how you want your body to look then it's like a different story but if you're just going in there, like, let me just, I just got to eat something. Yeah. Like, like you get, yeah. that's pretty easy, but I mean, it is what it is. Right, General cool. consensus too. If you buy a snack, it will be gone within the three days of you buying. Yeah. It. Yeah. If you, you go, get cheese, it's Doritos or yeah. anything. Like it's gone. To, that, like that's the thing I tried. I tried to not to be a guy that would snack a lot because like, I obviously, I love watching sports. So I'm just always like sitting on the couch watching sports. And I also just feel like you're, it's not it's not good to be munching on a snack because then you just lose count of calories or whatever. So like I would like okay I'm gonna let myself get a bag of like chips this week just to snack on if I'm hungry. And, like that night they're just they're just all gone somehow. Yeah, it's just a disaster. It's incredible. My method for grocery shopping is I literally just go up and down every aisle, and if I see something I want, I just dude Trent Trent that is another reason why I hated grocery shopping in college because like when you're when you live at home growing up it's like you may have some input into like what you want your mom to buy, but like your mom just knows, you know what I mean? Like she just yeah. got it down to a science or she knows where everything is. She knows what's missing from the house and you just eat what you're given in college. It's like, you're walking past the aisle and you're like, Oh, like, do I need a candle? Like I might need a candle. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> do we have napkins? And then you're like, well, I bought napkins last time. So I don't want to be the guy that buys napkins again. So you're just like walk past it. And then you're like, Oh, but we need napkins. And you're, yeah, I do the same thing. I go up every single aisle that has food and just grab stuff. Yep. And but that takes me two hours at grocery shop. I go twice a month, every two weeks. That's, that's you just should. how I roll. But I enjoy the answers. There we go. Good stuff. That completes the trifecta. A little weak this week. It'll be better next oh, week. It's all right. It's all right. It's always, it's always good. It's always good. Um, all right. Well, I want Collins to get out. What is it? The Bachelorette or the Bachelor? What's going on? Bachelorette, Tasha time. Shout out Tasha. Love you. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get Collins out of here. He has some important matters to take care of. Uh, good show today. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.